Hi, I'm Ken. And I'm... My cat's on my keyboard. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, welcome to the show, my cat's on my keyboard. <laughs> and I'm... I'm D. And I'm Paris. And I'm Chris. And together, we are the terrible antique book freaks. <laughs> Su- summoned by the power of the rings. Yes. There's only two, uh, and one is books, and the other one is antiques. Correct. <laughs> And we just uh, like kind of overlap them to make a Venn diagram where we meet. Yes. Yeah, exactly. And then and then we're just kind of standing there, and we're like, "Yep." Here Wait, we are. what are our so like if if this is a Captain Planet situation, what are the two teens that have the rings like? Like what are, what are those? Like one is oh, the, book the worst. Teen, one is the antique. Antique book. They are absolute dirtbag teens are the best. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, no, I think we would all be like parts of a book, right? We would be like ink, paper, pen. Oh. Printer! <laughs> Printing for Paris, oh, haven't you heard? Books are digital now. Oh, yeah. garbage. That's, <laughs> like That's the how they get rid. Like the digital edition of the book we're reading today, The Mummy's Foot by Théophile Gautier. Gautier. <laughs> uh, my favorite song he did was Somebody That I Used To Know. No. <sighs> now you're just a foot that is old and gray. <laughs> I know. A mummy. Oh. Now Ooh. you're just a mummy that I used to foot. <laughs> no. Oh, wow, Ooh. not the word. Not the word I thought you were going to use there. Um, all right. Well, as Ken has just said, we are here as the terrible antique book freaks to read another gay Victorian ghost story for you uh, because we have run out of Karnacki stories, yet our adoring public demands more gay Victorian ghost story reading. So we are here. Fill that void. I can hear them. Uh, they saying, make it old and make it think, horny. Yes. I think today's story is going to be regrettably heterosexual. Oh. <laughs> I believe you mean, re- I believe you mean regretterosexual. Oh. Whoa. Incredible. <laughs> Incredible. Oh my God. Who's ready to go viral on Tumblr? Oh my God. Here we go. <laughs> I'm going to brace myself for the messages telling me to kill myself. <laughs> Yeah. Happens every time I go viral on Tumblr. <laughs> We're gonna get in the forever box right next to this mummy. We're gonna get right in there. Forever box, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. totally. It By is. definition, I would say. Let's go. Um, Ken, the correct pronunciation. <laughs> uh-huh. The correct pronunciation of the author's name is is it Teofile? Teofile? How? That's an amazing question. I wish I were French enough to answer it. Yeah, I don't I, think this is worth exploring. <laughs> so, like, my body is French enough, but my mind is not. I don't, I don't actually have any knowledge of French. <laughs> so, this, this here, I got it for you. All right, it's Teheofilili. Oh, it's Teheofilili's. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, I mean, go I think it's go Theophile Gaudier, right? That's how you say yeah, it. Yeah, that. We are this desperate to avoid Egyptology foot fetishism. <laughs> yes. That we are quibbling over the pronunciation of the author's name. <laughs> Theophile okay, but, go- Gaudier. And we got but it. Like, but like before we begin. We Gaudier it. Who are each of us in the 1999 cast of The Mummy? Like if we, if we were recast and we were the cast. I, like, I don't remember this movie well enough to have any <laughs> I'm, opinion on this. I'm, I'm the swarm. brother that keeps jumping into other people's coffins. Yeah. Oh, right. Okay, good. Uh, I want no to be wants- the swarm of scarabs. Okay, <laughs> eats a man. <laughs> that eats I a man alive. I'm, I want that I, to be me. I guess I'm Brendan Fraser then. It, wait, does, does it, does it, did this one have the rock in it? I guess I'm the rock. <laughs> no, 
You Wait, are you rock? the CG or the real half of The Rock? I don't know. I forget all of these movies. I don't think The Rock was... Wait, was he in The Mummy or or the sequel? He was in the sequel. Yeah. Right, well, like, then. you know, he's implied to exist in the original. That's true. So Chris is the implied rock. Uh, <laughs> I am Brendan Fraser, I guess. Uh, <laughs> I guess I decided that. Um, D is a sort of sca- swarm of scarabs and... Uh, Ken is, is it, no, not my brother. Ken is the brother of Evelyn? Yeah, I'm Evie's yeah. brother. Yes, Evie's I don't know brother. my own name, but I'm definitely jumping into the sarcophagus. Yeah, Evie's th- brother, yeah. I think I'm Rick O'Connell then. I believe that's Brendan Fraser's. So. Uh, I'm a, can I, wait, I'm a dead pilot. You don't know way pilot. too much about a fucking 1999 action movie. I'm going to be dead pilot. <laughs> it's a sequel. solid flick. Wait, do you yeah, dead rules. pilot? Wait, yes. So should I be Swarm of Scarabs or Dead Pilot? I think Swarm of Scarabs because you're way more powerful. Thank you. That's uh, all right. That does feel right. All right. I don't even know why I questioned it. So The Mummy's Foot was first published in 1840. (laughs) The translation we were reading is published 1908. And who is that translated by, Ken? Oh, we can't start this already. We can't get deeper into more name pronunciation. Lafcadio Hearn. Thank you. Thank you, sir. All right. <sighs> All right. And we are going to be reading this Eye of Argon style, right, Ken? Ken refuses Uh-oh. to answer that question. Absolutely not. No, thank you. <laughs> Ken, Ken has left the chat. Ken he has drew, done drew with the goddamn line. I'm back. Discord has reconnected me. Yes, we will be reading this Eye of Argon style, which means we'll each be taking a turn reading until we either fuck up or crack up, at which point it passes to the next narrator, and heckling is strongly encouraged. Fantastic. All right. Imagine if Ken did just leave at the start of the story and left <laughs> the three of us to fend for ourselves. Oh, I leave I mean... you to your fate of the mummy's foot. Goodbye. <laughs> just like a burst of smoke and evil laughter and bat squeaking. <laughs> I mean, that, that works for me. Hell yeah. <sighs> All right, let's get going. Yeah, let's do this. Who, uh, who wants to start? I think, Chris, you started last time, right? Did I? I mean, I could start this one, too. I don't know. Does anyone feel strongly about fighting Chris to the death for the honor of starting the mummy's foot? I'm yeah, I do. I want to eat him. I'm going to eat him as a swarm of uh, fucking scarabs. Okay, scarabs versus the rock. Uh... Munch, crunch, munch. Oh, uh, no. Ah. <laughs> uh, uh, this is ow. the worst Pokemon ooh, battle. Ow. He's <laughs> broken in half. <laughs> All right, D. Go for it. Okay. Make it real French. Sorry, the rock. <clears throat> I had entered, in an idle mood, the shop of one of those curiosity vendors who are called Machins de Bric-a-Brac, in that Parisian argot, which I apologize for nothing, by the way. If you're upset about my pronunciation, (laughs) you can get over it or teach me French, which is so perfectly unintelligible elsewhere in France. Like, you're just lucky I'm not doing an accent. (laughs) You have doubtless glanced occasionally through the windows of some of these shops, which have become so numerous now that it is fashionable to buy antiquated furniture and that every petty stockbroker thinks he must have his chambre à moyen orgue. What does that mean? (laughs) Uh, Chamber of age. Eyes? There is... (laughs) I think it's room of times past, but I will double check. Ah! Ken with the smart. I took French in high school. I was not good at it. Hmm. You did know enough that I didn't pronounce it correctly. 
Fair. Yeah. Medieval bedroom. Fantastic. Uh, okay. Okay, so you were right, because that's probably the so literal you, translation, Ken, you, what you said. Yeah. I mean, I want a fucking chambre moyenge. I too want a chambre à moyenge. I too want a chamber à moyenge. There is one. <laughs> chamber of mayonnaise. <laughs> that's my, my that's mayonnaise the next story. Oh my god. Wicked quick digression, I promise. Wicked quick. Uh so my brother in law is using an app to like try to check track his dietary stuff. And he got a notification from the app saying, We've noticed that you keep on track on days when you eat mayonnaise. (laughs) What? (laughs) Eat more mayonnaise. What's happening is it's the days when he goes to work because he packs a sandwich that includes mayonnaise. And then walks to work. So he's getting in more exercise and also not snacking because he doesn't have easy access to his home kitchen. See, this is a great demonstration (laughs) of how how correlation is not always like the entire (laughs) How correlation and causation are one and the same every single time. Thank you, Paris. Yeah, please. My brother-in-law will be releasing his book on the mayonnaise diet this summer. And it's called Mayonnaise Chamber. Mayonnaise Chamber. chamber. Enter the Mayonnaise Chamber. Two will enter. One will leave slightly tastier. (laughs) (laughs) One will leave significantly less hungry than he entered. Try Togarashi sauce, by the way. It's the best mayonnaise. We're two sentences in this story. (laughs) To be fair... They're long sentences. They are. It's true. There is one thing there which clings alike to the shop of the dealer in old iron, the ware room of the tapestry maker, the laboratory of the chemist, and the studio of the painter. In all those gloomy dens where a furtive daylight filters in through the window shutters, the most manifestly ancient thing is dust. The cobwebs are more authentic than the gimp laces... And the sure. old pear tree furniture on exhibition is actually younger than the mahogany, which arrived but yesterday from America. <laughs> I was trying to type to everyone that I'm so sorry, but I just keep hearing mayonnaise chamber in my head and I can't stop laughing. <laughs> oh, I thought you... <laughs> I can't stop. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Uh, I'm going to take a minute to look up what a gimp lace is. Yeah, that sure. seems important and concerning. I'm never going to get... Th- I, I see what You put Ken's a doily on your gimp? With, what? Just <laughs> just find a story so laden with weird Victorian <laughs> phrases that we've this never is, heard. That this isn't helpful because I forgot that gimp lacing is when kids make friendship bracelets out of plastic. Oh, <laughs> oh I'm not gonna, you. How wholesome. I'm not getting anywhere with this. I don't think they had that. <laughs> Yeah, wait, what? Okay, let's look at context. The red ones means you suck dick. The black one means you no, go all the way. No, what? Chris, no. Oh, okay, what? it was a kind of You've thread. been sorely I'm... misinformed by Good Morning America. <laughs> yeah, don't watch I... Oprah, Chris. That's that's I all am... bad yes. information. <laughs> okay, it's a, it's just a kind of thread. Oh, oh okay. Okay. The more you know... <clears throat> the warehouse of my bric-a-brac dealer was a veritable... Cafarnaum. A, a, a reference okay. you surely get. Yes. All ages and all nations seem to have made their rendezvous there. 
an Etruscan lamp of red clay stood upon a boule cabinet with ebony panels brightly striped by lines of inlaid brass. A duchess of the court of Louis Rve nonchalantly <laughs> extended her fawn-like feet under. That's how you pronounce it in French. Oh, okay. Nonchalantly <laughs> extended her fawn-like feet under a massive table of the time of Louis Xi with heavy spiral supports of oak and carven designs of chimeras and foliage intermingled. Upon the denticulated shelves of several sideboards glittered immense Japanese dishes, with red and blue designs relieved by gilded hatching, side by side with enameled works by Bernard Palissy, representing serpents, frogs, and lizards in relief. I will say, this is a refreshing amount of antiques content for a book about This antiques. is the most yeah, antiques content this... we've gotten out of a book. Yeah, this is uh, pretty <laughs> antique It's pretty antique I approve. I approve thus far. Not sure I'll ever be over-denticulated. Ah, uh, yep. Yeah, That's well, get ready for the next sentence, because it's from disemboweled cabinets. Disemboweled? How do you disembowel yeah, a cabinet? What, do you rip the shelves out? Like, and no, make you, a take mess? The, you take just the things in the cabinet that are in there out. That's all. Every yeah. time you open your fridge and you remove the mayonnaise from the mayonnaise chamber in your fridge, you've disemboweled it. Oh, disemboweling the mayonnaise chamber. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that mayonnaise is the new chamber. song from... Uh... <laughs> Great born. You're, you got yep, tagged in. That's it. <laughs> that's it. Figured it out. You did it. From disemboweled cabinets escaped cascades of silver, lustrous Chinese silks, and waves of tinsel, which an oblique sunbeam shot through with luminous beads, while portraits of every era, in frames more or less tarnished, smiled through their yellow varnish. Oh, they got bars. Mm. <laughs> Who's going to drop me a beatbox quick? A <laughs> Someone sample that and turn that into a song, please. <laughs> someone let that beatbox out in the rain. Yeah. <laughs> the striped breastplate of a Damascene suit of Milanese armor glittered in one corner. Loves and nymphs of porcelain, Chinese grotesques, vases of celadon and crackleware, Saxon and old Sevrish cups encumbered the shelves and nooks of the apartment. The dealer followed me closely through the torturous way contrived between the piles of furniture, which wow. is the most accurate description accurate. of an antique yes. dealer I've ever heard. Yes, I was just going to say that. Wow, fucking accurate. Always right fucking behind you. Also, torturous, uh, absolutely the way I would describe any antique store. Perfect. Oh, come yep. on. Yep, no, Look, it's correct. I, I was a Stillwater man. I Torturous is the word I would use. Yo, Stillwater's torturous as fuck. No offense, y'all. It was great. I, I enjoyed going there, but yeah, it was it was a lot. Yeah, it's like a fucking it's like an American gladiator. Like, uh, it takes a lot. Yeah. Warding off with his hand the hazardous sweep of my coat skirts, watching my elbows with the uneasy attention of an antiquarian and a usurer. It was a singular face, that of the merchant, an immense skull, polished like a knee. I'm sorry, what? And surround- <laughs> what? Excuse me? Uh, you know, polished like your knees are. Yeah, because yeah. I'm, I'm polishing my knees. I get up every single knees. morning and polish my knees for a hard day of Gotta work. I don't see what the problem is. Get beautiful shine. How do you think I slide around the mayonnaise <laughs> chamber, okay? Like- <laughs> Fair enough, sir. Fair enough. 
and surrounded by a thin aureole of white hair which brought out the clear salmon tint of his complexion all the more strikingly, lent him a false aspect of patriarchal bonhomme, counteracted, however, by the scintillation of two little yellow eyes which trembled in their orbits like two Louis d'or upon quicksilver. Yeah, that's a reference we all get, sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The curve of his nose presented an aquiline silhouette, which suggested, Ken, you lied, this is already pretty gay. He's really checking him out. Yeah, he really is. Thinking about how polished oh. his knees are. Mm. Which suggested the Oriental or Jewish type. Oh, we are And there we are. Oh, Welcome to the really. 1840s in France. <laughs> going through some shit. Where it's not racism island. Yet. Welcome to racism island. <laughs> I don't. Well, he's not racist. I, I don't have any promise that he won't get racist. But right now, this is just the part of the dinner party where you throw up your eyebrow and hope it doesn't get any worse. Mm-hmm. No, like, <laughs> this is the part of the dinner party where you start making certain comments to your cousin across the table, and then he doesn't get invited back next Thanksgiving. His hands, thin, slender, full of nerves, unlike mine, which were floppy, which projected like <laughs> strings upon the fingerboard of a violin, and armed with claws like those on the terminations of bat's wings, shook with senile trembling. But those convulsively agitated hands became firmer than steel pincers or lobster clods when they lifted any precious article. I used to be an antiquarian, but then I got these hideous lobster claws! (laughs) (laughs) They allow me somehow to perfectly handle delicate objects despite being claws. (laughs) (laughs) An onyx cup, a Venetian glass, or a dish of Bohemian cristal. This strange old man had an aspect so thoroughly rabbinical and Kabbalistic, and there we go, now we're leaving the party, that he would have been burnt on the mere testimony of his face three centuries ago, Jesus goddamn Christ. Racism island! (laughs) What? Nope, never mind. I apologize for giving this any quarter. We are getting out of this dinner party. We are leaving them on it. Racism island. We are leaving. We are getting our coats. We are tipping over convenient candle. I don't care how big the mayonnaise chamber is. We're leaving. (laughs) Yeah, how appropriate that this is where the mayonnaise chamber lives. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, boy. It's going to get worse before it gets better. Hold tight, everybody. Will you not buy something from me today, sir? Here is a malay crease with a blade undulating like flame. Look at those grooves contrived for the blood to run along, those teeth set backwards so as to tear out the entrails in withdrawing the weapon. It is a fine character of a ferocious arm, and will look well in your collection. Some fucking anime nerd selling his shit on eBay. Like, look! Yeah. I was gonna say, this is also extremely Hanzo Steel. <laughs> yeah, are we in a mall in, like, 1996? Like, what? Hell yeah. This two-handed sword is very beautiful. It is the work of Giuseppe de la Hara, and this collegemard with its fenestrated guard. What a superb specimen of a handicraft. Chef's kiss. No. I have quite enough weapons and instruments of carnage. I want a small... I'm really tough and cool. I'm already really cool and tough, and I already have cool swords. (laughs) I'm super badass. (laughs) My swords are better. sound like the (laughs) G-Man. Better. I want a small figure, something which will suit me as a paperweight, for I cannot endure those trumpery bronzes which the stationers sell, and which may be found on everybody's desk. The old gnome, oh god, forged among his ancient wares, 
and finally his ancient aliens, and finally arranged before me some antique bronzes, so-called, at least, fragments of Malachite. Uh, I'm just going to skip this next part. They, they say that one normal. Malachite. <laughs> uh, little Hindu or Chinese idols. A kind of pussy toy in jade stone. <laughs> representing- well, alright, Goop has arrived. <laughs> Watch out, Gwyneth Paltrow slinking in the door. Okay, sorry, I cracked myself She's up. right there, you summoned her, D. <laughs> Damn it. Malachi I mean, pussy you're not toys far for off everyone. What's written there? Okay. <laughs> Alright, sorry, someone else. I'll do it. Alright, I'm going to try to get into character here for wh- okay. what I imagine this person to be. Oh, fuck I'm going to no. start from the top of that sentence, too. Okay. The old gnome foraged among his ancient <laughs> wares and finally good. arranged before me some antique bronzes, so-called, at least, fragments of malachite, little Hindu or Chinese idols, a kind of pusa toys in jade stone, representing the incarnations of Brahma or Vishnu, and wonderfully appropriate to the very undivine office of holding papers and letters in place. <laughs> oh, boy. I was hesitating between a porcelain dragon, all constellated with warts, its mouth formidable with bristling tusks and ranges of teeth, and an abominable little oh, Mexican oh, and fetish. Oh, got you got pigs and dragons fucked up again, sir. You got it. We went over this one. That's a pig. <laughs> oh, oh, representing the god Vitsiliputsili al natural. Some kind of pasta god there? I don't... No. When I caught it's Laputsli on natural is my favorite <laughs> dish. Naked, naked can god. We, can we bring this down to like a five? <laughs> okay. <laughs> when I caught sight of a charming foot, <laughs> and uh, Miyazaki's entered the chat, <laughs> <laughs> which I at first took for a fragment of some antique Venus. Oh, that. Uh, oh, those feet pics. Uh... <laughs> Oh, yeah, check out this sentence. It had those beautiful, ruddy, and tawny tints that lends to Florentine bronze that warm, living look so much preferable to the gray-green aspect of common bronzes, which might easily be mistaken for statues in a state of putrefaction. Satiny gleams played over its rounded forms, doubtless polished by the amorous kisses of twenty centuries, Oh, for God. it seemed a Corinthian bronze, a work of the best era of art, perhaps molded by Lysippus himself. The rich Corinthian bronzes. Does wow, this guy not, not know that, that metals change over time? Nah. It disgusts him. <laughs> Give me a warm, ruddy bronze foot for which to place into my mouth. No. <laughs> Get in there. Put the toesies upon my lips. I mean, the next the next couple paragraphs do kind of look like that, so uh, buckle up. Merchant's it's not going to get any this. better. That foot will be my choice, said the merchant. <laughs> <laughs> Turns out he was in a payless all along. <laughs> Who regarded me with an ironical and saturnine air and held out the object desired that I might examine it more fully. I was surprised at its lightness. It was not a foot of metal, but in sooth a foot of flesh, an embalmed foot, a mummy's foot. Mmm, a mummy's foot. (laughs) 
on examining it still more closely, the very grain of the skin and the almost imperceptible lines impressed upon it by the texture of the bandages became perceptible. The toes were slender and delicate <laughs> and terminated by perfectly formed nails, pure and transparent as agates. The great toe, which is a really great way to say big toe there. The great toe. Slightly separated from the rest, afforded a happy contrast in the antique style to the position of the other toes and lent it an aerial lightness, the grace of a bird's foot. My Thus, man, it is a corpse's foot. Fuck yeah, off. I hate this so much. The soul, scarcely streaked by a few almost imperceptible cross lines, afforded evidence that it had never touched the bare ground. Ugh. And in, had only come in contact with the finest matting of Nile rushes <laughs> and the softest carpets of panthers. Oh, yeah? Oh, yeah? How do you know that, mister? Well, because he knows what it tastes like when a foot's on the ground. No! <laughs> <laughs> he has sampled many a foot. Or oh, many a slender toe. Haha, you want the foot of the Princess Hermonthus, exclaimed the merchant with a strange giggle, fixing his owlish eyes upon me. <laughs> Hermonthus nuts in your mouth. Got him. <laughs> wow. <laughs> oh, the places will go. <laughs> he slaps his knee, his polished knee. Ha ha ha, for a paperweight, an original idea, artistic idea. Old Pharaoh would certainly have been surprised that someone told him that the foot of his adored daughter would be used for a paperweight after he had had a mountain of granite hollowed out as a receptacle for the triple coffin, painted and gilded, covered with hieroglyphics and beautiful paintings of the judgment of souls, continued the queer little merchant, half audibly as though talking to himself. That's how most people refer to me when I'm talking about antiques. How much will you charge me for this mummy fragment? Ah, the highest price I can get, for it is a superb piece. If I had the match of it... <laughs> I, I like this guy's tease. Hey, what, what are you asking? Uh, as much as you could possibly fucking afford, my man. <laughs> <laughs> I can smell your fucking foot fetish from here, bro. Yeah. <laughs> If I had the match of it, you could not have it for less than 500 francs. The daughter of a pharaoh. Nothing is more rare. You got a house? Not anymore. The, daughter, the pharaohs had a lot of daughters. Assuredly, that is not a common article. But still, how much do you want? Even though you just fucking told me. In the first place, let me warn you that all my wealth consists of just five louis. I can buy anything that costs five louis. But nothing dear. I got Louis Anderson. I got Louis, <laughs> I got Louis Armstrong. A Louis was a type of coin? I didn't know that. Yeah. The unit. The kings were all named Louis. So like a coin with a king's face on it. That's a Louis. That makes sense. Yeah. It's kind of like the loony. In a loony and a Louis. Yes. Yeah. If your king was a North American waterfowl, it would be much like a loony. <laughs> I was just thinking because we don't really have I because I still don't understand why we call dollars bucks. We call so, hundreds Benjamins. That's true. That's that would have been a more appropriate reference. Thank you, Ken. And someday will, we'll get to call twenties tubbies. 
Oh my god, tubbies! I love it. Tubbies, tubbies. Yeah. The episode where I chant weird things. You might search my vest pockets and most secret drawers without even finding one poor five franc piece more. Five Louis for the foot of the Princess Hermonthe's nuts. That is very little. <laughs> very little indeed. Got Tis an authentic foot. As opposed to an inauthentic foot. Oh shit, yeah. yeah. Shaking uh, his head. Because you know there's hundreds of reproductions of this lady's foot. <laughs> Hanging around. Yeah, mm -hmm. And imparting a peculiar. Pecu oh, there it is. There Sorry. It is. <laughs> I said peculiar. All right, Ken. Oh, boy. Tis an authentic foot, muttered the merchant, shaking his head and imparting a particular rotary motion to his eyes. Well, take it, and I will give you the bandages in the bargain, he added, wrapping the foot in an ancient damask rag. Very fine, real damask, Indian damask, which has never been re dyed. It is strong, and yet it is soft, he mumbled, stroking the frayed tissue with his fingers, through the trade-acquired habit which moved him to praise even an object of such little value that he himself deemed only worth the giving away. Also very accurate. This guy knows his antiques dealers. He poured the gold coins into a sort of medieval elms purse hanging at his belt, repeating, The foot of the Princess Hermonthus to be used for a paperweight. Then turning his phosphorescent eyes upon me, he exclaimed in a voice strident as the crying of a cat which has swallowed a fishbone. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Old Pharaoh will not be well pleased. He loved his daughter, the dear man. How do you know that? You speak as if you were a contemporary of his. You're old <laughs> enough, goodness knows, but you do not date back to the pyramids of Egypt, I answered, laughingly from the threshold. I went home delighted with my acquisition. Ah, I bet you did. finally. I fucking bet you did. Finally, a foot that's not currently attached to the entire reprehensible corpus of a woman. I don't understand. Well, Why did he sell this for so cheap? There's definitely something haunted about it. Perhaps oh, yeah. a curse? Oh, I think he's going to curse him. He's going to curse this motherfucker. With the idea of putting it to profitable use as soon as possible, I placed the foot of the divine Princess Hermonthus upon a heap of paper scribbled over with verses, in themselves an man. decipherable mosaic work of erasures, articles freshly begun, letters forgotten and posted in the table drawer instead of the letterbox, an error to which absent-minded people are peculiarly liable. The effect was charming, bizarre, and romantic. I hate this. I'm kind of quirky. Oh. A little random, if you will. And this foot is Tismexi. Big that guy <laughs> in your MFA vibes. This guy is like, he's like, put a, put a print, put a Egyptian princess foot on it. It's cool now. I'm cool. I hate him. I hate him. I have a personality now. That thing's gonna fucking leak all kinds of body fluid on his papers. Well satisfied with this embellishment, I went out with the gravity and pride becoming one who feels that he has the inevitable advantage over all the passers-by whom he elbows of possessing a piece of the Princess Hermonthus, daughter of the Pharaoh. Oh my god. Oh, Jesus Christ in heaven. <laughs> you okay, Chris? You need a minute? <laughs> just like just like, like the ultimate fucking hipster vibe was like, well, I have a Pharaoh daughter foot. Do you? I have a chunk of a human corpse sitting on my desk. Who's cool now? Oh, oh! You brewed that beer yourself. That's cute. Yeah. I'm really glad you got another fix. I brewed Dave. my beer with. 
I brewed my beer with the foot of the daughter of the pharaoh, Princess Hermonthis. Yeah, he just starts using the foot for, like, everything he possibly can so he can say he did yes. it with a pharaoh daughter's foot. Oh, did you just write on my chalkboard? Let me erase it with the foot of Princess Hermonthis, daughter of pharaoh. <laughs> oh, did you enjoy the ratatouille? I stirred it with the foot of Princess Hermonthis, <laughs> daughter of the pharaoh. <laughs> I looked upon all who did not possess, like myself, a paperweight so authentically Egyptian as very ridiculous people, and it seemed to me that the proper occupation of every sensible man should consist in the mere fact of having a mummy's foot upon his this desk. This guy! Okay, this is a, jo- this is a joke, right? This worst. is like a parody thing, right? The, this author wrote this in parody of these This people. is like a satirical Twitter thread. Like, imagine... Oh, I hope. And yet the anger I feel is so authentic. (laughs) Happily, I met some friends whose presence distracted me in my infatuation with this new acquisition. I went to dinner with them, for I could not very well have dined with myself. Why not? Uh, When I came back that evening, with my brain slightly confused by a few glasses of wine, a vague whiff of oriental perfume delicately titillated my olfactory nerves. The heat of the room had warmed the natron bitumen and myrrh in which the parachistes who cut open the bodies of the dead had bathed the corpse of the princess it was a perfume at once sweet and penetrating a perfume that four thousand years had not been able to dissipate all right this guy's trying to convince us that a four thousand year old foot smells good like I'm this dude walking in like a little drunk oh. from a night out and being like oh that foot smells good oh, I, I really hope foot stinks so good He's gonna huff the foot. foot. He's gonna huff the foot. I need him to not do that. <laughs> he's, right, gonna he's gonna, he's gonna it, light the toe of the foot like a cigar and and get it right in there. <laughs> yeah, we are we are seconds from foot huffing. The dream of Egypt was eternity. Her odors have the solidity of granite and endure as long. I soon drank deeply from the black cup of sleep. For a few hours, all remained opaque to me. Oblivion and nothingness inundated me with their somber waves. Yeah, we've all fallen asleep. Go on. (laughs) (laughs) Yet light gradually dawned upon the darkness of my mind. Dreams commenced to touch me softly in their silent flight. All right, can I just say real quick, I actually think this is written pretty well compared to Karnacki. Like, this is <laughs> yeah. more enjoyable. I mean, sure, when we compare it to Karnacki, nice. but it's so flowery and up I like, so butt that... I kind of like it if it weren't for the, you know, main character if it being cut down on it, like a, If it cut down on it like a quarter, it would be cool because I also do enjoy... I drank from the Black Cup of Sleep. Yeah, it's pretty good. Anyway, sorry. Yeah, how many albums are going to get down lyrics? <laughs> uh, at least two, because you've got two two metal musicians in this in this chat. So, <laughs> dude, I'm so looking forward to the mummy's foot from both of you guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah, mummy's foot part one, and part two, from two different bands. Left foot, the right eye- foot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the eyes of my soul were opened, <laughs> and I beheld my chamber as it actually was. I might have believed myself awake, but for a vague consciousness which assured me that I slept and that something fantastic was about to take place. I was about to lick that foot. No! (laughs) The odor of the myrrh had augmented in intensity, and I felt a slight headache, which I very naturally attributed to several glasses of champagne that we had drunk to the unknown gods in our future fortunes. Damn. She's (laughs) checkmate, atheists. Quite the Thursday night there, my friend. 
I peered through my room with a feeling of expectation which I saw nothing to justify. Every article of furniture was in its proper place. The lamp, softly shaded by its globe of ground crystal, burned upon its bracket. The watercolor sketches shone under the bohemian glass. The curtains hung down languidly. Everything wore an aspect of tranquil slumber. After a few moments, however, all this calm interior appeared to become disturbed. It got down with the sickness. The woodwork <laughs> cracked stealthily. The ash oh, cloud suddenly this mummy emitted. foot right now. <laughs> the ash-covered log suddenly emitted a jet of blue flame, and the discs of the pateras seemed like great metallic eyes watching like myself for the things which were about to happen. What are pateras? I actually do not know what that is. Well, it's actually a kind of dinosaur. You are making things up that are not true yeah, and that's also a lie. I was going to say Southern Groove Metal Band. <laughs> wow. Wow. No, so I guess it's just like a dish that you cook in and then put meat in. So it's just a pan? It's just like a pan for your a fireplace. Pan. Fireplace pan. Okay, thank you. I know. I feel smarter now. Fireplace pan. My eyes accidentally fell upon the desk where I had placed the foot of the Princess Hermonthus. Instead of remaining quiet, as behooved a foot which had been embalmed for 4,000 years, it commenced to act in a nervous manner, contracted uh, itself, and leapt over ugh. the papers like a startled frog. Oh, God. Nope. Oh, God. I don't, I don't like that. That's actually nope. horrifying. I don't like it. Nope. Put it back. Hope you're asleep Put still. Hope you're asleep still. One would have imagined that it had suddenly been brought into contact with a galvanic battery. I could distinctly hear the dry sound made by its little heel, hard as the hoof of a gazelle. The My hooves. I became rather discontented with my acquisition, inasmuch as I wished my paperweights to be of a sedentary disposition, and thought it very unnatural that feet should walk about without legs, and I commenced to experience a feeling closely akin to fear. Oh, okay. That's so a not... very Karnacki yeah. sentence. Yeah. That is a very Karnacki yeah, sentence. Yeah, not quite afraid. Just a little worried about the foot that's now alive. Okay, got it. Suddenly, I saw the folds of my bed curtain stir and heard a bumping sound like that caused by some person hopping on one foot across the floor. I must confess that I became alternately hot and cold, that I felt a strange wind chill my back, and that my suddenly rising hair caused my nightcap to execute a leap of several yards. What? <laughs> okay, we're in a cartoon now. We're just in a yeah. little fucking <laughs> cartoon. Yeah, this sounds ridiculous now. The bed curtains opened and I beheld the strangest figure imaginable before me. No! Oh, dude, she's alive and she's about to fuck have sex with him. Is that yeah, what this kind of story? Yeah, they're gonna have they're gonna have spectral sex. That's what's happening. It was a young girl of a very deep coffee brown complexion, like the Bayader Armani and possessing the purest Egyptian type of perfect beauty. Her eyes were almond-shaped and oblique, with eyebrows so black that they seemed blue. Her nose was exquisitely chiseled, almost Greek in its delicacy of outline, and she might indeed have been taken for a Corinthian statue of bronze before the prominence of her cheekbones and the slightly African fullness of her lips, which compelled one to recognize her as belonging beyond all doubt to the hieroglyphic race which <sighs> dwelt upon the banks of the Nile. That's a. Ah, oh, God. I'm at, wow. Fuck. I can't. Cringe. No. I also love, the, love the, 
almost Greek in appearance. Yeah, maybe because a maybe. lot of the aristocracy was Greek. <laughs> maybe. Only after Ptolemy. That's true. I guess I don't know when uh, Princess fucking her nuts in my mouth or whatever actually lived. <laughs> no idea. Um, but yeah, that was gross. Her arms, slender and spindle-shaped like those of very young girls, were encircled by a peculiar kind of metal bands and bracelets of glass beads. Her hair was all twisted into little cords, and she wore upon her bosom a little idol figure of green paste bearing a whip with seven lashes which proved it to be an image of Isis. Her brow was adorned with a shining plate of gold, and a few traces of paint relieved the coppery tint of her cheeks. As for her costume, it was very odd indeed. Fancy a pagna, or skirt, all formed of little strips of material bedizened with red and black hieroglyphics, stiffened with bitumen, and apparently belonging to a freshly unbandaged mummy. Wait, so she's wearing like a, like a mummy skirt? Like she, yeah, she made a skirt out of her wrappings? Skirt? But she only had the foot. How is that enough to rat to make a skirt? In one of those sudden flights of thought so common in dreams, I heard the hoarse falsetto of the bric-a-brac dealer repeating like a monotonous refrain the phrase he had uttered in his shop with so enigmatical an intonation. Old Pharaoh will not be well pleased. He loved his daughter, the dear man. One strange circumstance, which was not at all calculated to restore my equanimity, was that the apparition had but one foot. The other was broken off at the ankle! Exclamation point. Was it like, like meaty or like glass? It doesn't seem like he's going to specify. She approached the table where the foot was starting and fidgeting about more than ever, and there supported herself upon the edge of the desk. I saw her eyes fill with pearly gleaming tears. Although she had not as yet spoken, I fully comprehended the thoughts which agitated her. She looked at her foot, for it was indeed her own, with an exquisitely graceful expression of coquettish sadness. But the foot leapt and ran hither and thither, as though impelled on steel springs. Twice or thrice she extended her hand to seize it, but could not succeed. Then commenced between the Princess Hermonthus and her foot, which appeared to be endowed with a special life of its own, a very fantastic dialogue in a most ancient optic tongue, such as might have been spoken thirty centuries ago, in the Syrinxes of the land of Sir. Luckily, I understood Coptic perfectly well that night. Oh, dream logic. Okay, I thought he was oh, just like, did you? Good, good thing for me, I studied Coptic and the blade. <laughs> <laughs> the princess Hermonthus cried in a voice as sweet and vibrant as the tones of a crystal bell. It's an extremely annoying noise, by the way. I don't know why people always say that. Well, my dear little foot, you always flee from me, yet I always took good care of you. I bathed you with perfumed water in a bowl of alabaster. I smoothed your hue with a pumice stone mixed with palm oil. Your nails were cut with golden scissors and polished with a hippopotamus tooth. I was careful to select tatbebs for you, painted and embroidered and turned up at the toes, which were the envy of all the young girls in Egypt. You wore on your great toe rings bearing the device of the sacred Scarabaceus and you supported one of the lightest bodies that a lazy foot could sustain. The all right, foot here we go. replied, All right, all right, we gotta get a foot voice. We need a foot <laughs> voice, foot Ken. Like? I need this Ken, you. give us a foot voice. In a pouting and chagrined tone, you know well that I do not belong to myself any longer. I have been bought and paid for. The old merchant knew what he was about. He bore you a grudge for having refused to espouse him. Plot twist! 
This is an ill turn which he has done you. The Arab who violated your royal coffin in the subterranean pits of the necropolis of Thebes was sent thither by him. He desired to prevent you from being present at the reunion of the shadowy nations in the cities below. Have you five pieces of gold for my ransom? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Wait, what? Roll that back. What's the plot here? So I guess a the rate- merchant wanted to marry the foot, but... The foot said no. The merchant wanted to marry the princess. The princess said no, so the merchant sent somebody to rob the tomb to get the foot. Wait, but how was he able to ask her out? I think the implication is that the merchant is older than he ought to be. Oh, I thought it was Tinder. (laughs) Yeah, so he's like some reincarnation or... Just immortal, probably. Something immortal. Okay, all right. Alas, no, my jewels, my rings, my purses of gold and silver were all stolen from me, answered the Princess Hermonthus with a sob. Princess, I then exclaimed, I never retained anybody's foot unjustly. <laughs> Listen, I've never oh, kept a foot that foot didn't action. deserve to be kept. Listen, okay? <laughs> Even though you have not got the five louis which it cost me, I present it to you gladly. I should feel unutterably wretched to think I were the cause of so amiable a person as the princess Hermonthus being lame. It's a lame princess. Take your foot back. Doesn't even have two feet. I delivered this discourse in a royally gallant troubadour tone, which must have astonished the beautiful Egyptian girl. Man, she must have thought I was so sexy and cool. I was so cool. We are in a mall in 1997. This whole thing has felt like we were in a mall in 1997. That's where we are. I delivered this discourse in a royally gallant... Nope, I already did that. Fuck. Oh, well... Oh, fuck. All right. Paris, take Paris, up this take sword. Take us to the bridge. Or rather, take up this kopesh, a distinctive curved Egyptian <gasps> yeah. blade. <laughs> yes. Take up this foot. No! <laughs> she... All right, I'm trying to decide what my voice should be here. Um, she turned a look of deepest gratitude upon me, and her eyes shone with bluish gleams of light. She took her foot which surrendered itself willingly this time, like a woman about to put on her little shoe and adjusted it to her leg with much skill. This operation over, she took a few steps about the room as though to assure herself that she was really no longer lame. Ah, how pleased my father will be. (laughs) He was so unhappy because of my mutilation and who from the moment of my birth set a whole nation at work to hollow me out a tomb so deep that he might preserve me intact until that last day. When souls must be... Hey, man, I've been mummified for thousands (laughs) of years. I'm going to sound fucking weird. Yeah, she forgot how to talk. When souls must be weighed in the balance of a menthe... Come with me to my father. He will receive you kindly, for you have given me back my I foot. love how you can tell that this is pre-Rosetta like Rosetta Stone being decoded, because they're just making the fuck up all the names of the gods. Yes. Yeah, it doesn't make oh, any God. sense at all. I I wish my parents had bought me a fucking tomb. Cool tomb, and I was a kid. Yeah, really. I didn't get a cool tomb. I know. I didn't get, they didn't show me my grave and say, they're gonna put you in this someday. <laughs> Yeah, if only my parents had done that. I wish my parents would great. put me in a grave. <laughs> I thought this proposition natural enough. 
I arrayed myself in a dressing gown of large flowered pattern, which lent me a very pharaonic aspect. Yeah, the pharaohs usually look like floral Frenchmen, I would say. (laughs) Yeah, they usually look like fucking curtains from the 60s, right? That's a great look for pharaohs. Hardly put on a pair of Turkish slippers and informed the Princess Hermonthus that I was ready to follow Got her. my cosplay ready. Let's go. <laughs> Before starting, Hermonthus took from her neck the little idol of green paste and laid it on the scattered sheets of paper which covered the table. It is only fair, she observed, smilingly, that I should replace your paperweight. <laughs> <Ugh>. <laughs> She gave me her hand, which felt soft and cold, like the skin of a serpent. We departed. (laughs) We passed for some time with the velocity of an arrow through a fluid and grayish expanse, in which half-formed silhouettes flitted swiftly by us, to right and left. For an instant, we saw only sky and sea. A few moments later, obelisks commenced to tower in the distance. Pylons and vast flights of steps guarded by sphinxes became clearly outlined against the horizon. We had reached our destination. The princess conducted me to a mountain of rose-colored granite, in the face of which appeared an opening so narrow and low that it would have been difficult to distinguish it from the fissures in the rock, had not its location been marked by two stelae wrought with sculptures. Hermonthus kindled a torch and led the way before me. We traversed corridors hewn through the living rock. Their walls, covered with hieroglyphics and paintings of allegorical processions, might well have occupied thousands of arms for thousands of years in their formation. These corridors of interminable length opened into square chambers, in the midst of which pits had been contrived, through which we descended by cramp irons or spiral stairways. These pits again conducted us into other chambers, opening into other corridors, likewise decorated with painted sparrowhawks, serpents coiled in circles, the symbols of the Tau and Pedum, prodigious works of art which no living eye can ever imagine, interminable legends of granite which only the dead have time to read through all eternity. All right, fine. I'll give it. I'll give you this sick date, bro. All right, sick date. Sick, sick <laughs> yeah. date location. Pretty good date. At last we found ourselves in a hall so vast, so enormous, so immeasurable that the eye could not reach its limits. Files of monstrous columns stretched far out of sight on well, okay, every well, side. Okay, well, I mean, for that, that's about 10 feet for me. So, like... Yeah. <laughs> wow, it's huge. Between which twinkled livid stars of yellowish flame, points of light which revealed further depths incalculable in the darkness beyond. The Princess Hermonthus still held my hand and graciously saluted the mummies of her acquaintance. Mummy? My mommy, eyes became accustomed mommy, to the... Mummy? Hello? Mummy? Mummy? Mummy. <laughs> My eyes became accustomed to the dim twilight and objects became discernible. I beheld the kings of the subterranean races seated upon oh, thrones. Oh boy, I don't like this. I don't like this at all. Yeah I, don't, yeah, I don't like that. Grand old men, though dry, withered, wrinkled like parchment and blackened with naphtha and bitumen, all wearing shents of gold and breastplates and gorgets glittering with precious stones, their eyes immovably fixed like the eyes of sphinxes and their long beards whitened by the snow of centuries. Behind them stood their peoples in the stiff and constrained posture enjoined by Egyptian art, all eternally preserving the attitude described by the hieratic code. 
Behind these nations, the cats, ibixes, and crocodiles contemporary with them, rendered monstrous of aspect by their swathing bands, mewed, flapped their wings, or extended their jaws in a saurian giggle. Sounds dope. What the fuck? Saurian giggle. There's a phrase I never thought I'd hear. He's got some, like, giggling crocodiles and, like, a ton of cats. He's like, that's fucking cool. (laughs) Waiting for Carl Sanders to write his next album, Saurian Giggles. That's a deep (laughs) cut for y'all out there. All the pharaohs were there. (laughs) All right, good luck. They stared at me. I put up my middle (laughs) finger at them. (laughs) Yes, all the pharaohs. Cheops. Chifrenes. Semeticus. Sesostris. Amenataf. You know, all those real Egyptian names that are definitely correct. I mean, Cheops is real. I don't know about the rest of them. Yeah. um, All the dark rulers of the pyramids and syrinxes. On yet higher thrones sat Kronos and Zizalthros, who was contemporary with the Deluge, and Tubal Cain, who reigned before it. Okay, now we're just making stuff up. We love to love a Tubal Cain. <laughs> the, the beard of King Zizalthros had grown seven times around the granite table upon which he leaned, lost in deep reverie and buried in dreams. Further back, through a dusty cloud, I beheld dimly the seventy-two pre-Adamite kings, with their 72 peoples, forever passed away. After permitting me to gaze upon this bewildering spectacle a few moments, the princess Hermonthus presented me to her father Pharaoh, who favored me with a most gracious nod. I have found my foot again! I have found my foot! Cried the princess. (laughs) Me me when I woke up in the hospital after my ankle broke. (laughs) (laughs) clapping her little hands together with every sign of frantic joy. It was this gentleman who restored it to me. The races of Kemi, the races of Nahasi, all the black, bronzed, and copper-colored nations repeated in chorus. fucking crutch. The princess Hermontis has found her foot again. I'm imagining that very sing-songy, like, the princess Hermontis has found her foot again. The princess Hermontis has found her foot again. Chris is uh, doing the, the overture begins. Like a little, like there's a little cartoon voice of the princess. Her mouth has found her foot. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Even Zazothros himself was visibly affected. He, he was like, I love heavy feet. eyelids. <laughs> Holy shit. Stroked his mustache with his fingers and turned upon me a glance weighty with centuries. By arms, the dog of not hell real. and May, daughter of the sun and also of truth. Not real. This not is a real. brave and worthy lad, exclaimed Pharaoh, pointing yeah. to me with his scepter. The thing about Egyptians, they're always calling people lad. <laughs> oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Very common. <laughs> pointing to me with his scepter, which was terminated with a lotus flower. What recompense do you desire? Fill a chicken that- sandwich? <laughs> Filled with that daring inspired by dreams in which nothing seems possible, I asked him for the hand of the Princess Hermanthus. The hand seemed to me a very proper antithetic recompense for the foot, but, um, Oh, God. Pharaoh opened wide his great eyes of glass in astonishment at my witty request. You know it's witty when you have to tell other people that you're witty. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, Pharaoh thought he was so cool and funny. Holy shit. What country do you come from, and what is your age? Who is your daddy, and what does he do? 
ASL. <laughs> I am a French and I am 27 years old, venerable. Yeah, you uh, that's too, that, like that's too young for me. I'm 2,000 years old. I'm sorry. I got to go. 27 years old and he wishes to espouse the princess Hermontis, who is 30 centuries old? Cried out oh, at She once. might look like she's 12, but she's actually oh, like a no, 30,000. we're doing dragon. this. I mean, he was talking about finding, this. like, you know, he studied the blade. He's already really cool with that. At the top oh, of it, he goes oh, into God, a strange oh, no. antique shop. This is an anime, you guys. This is why the French love anime so much. No, really oh think God. about really think about it for a second. How is this not the start episode one of an anime? It's just I can't believe this guy's a Cried out at once all the thrones and all the circles of nations. Only Hermontus herself did not seem to think my request unreasonable. If you were even only two thousand years old, replied the ancient king, I would willingly give you the princess, but the disproportion is too great. And besides, we must give our daughters husbands who will last well. You do not know how to preserve yourselves any longer. Even those who died only fifteen centuries ago are already no more than a handful of dust. Behold, my flesh is solid as basalt. My bones are bars of steel. I don't know that mummies are quite that well put together. No, he's no, he's strong as fuck, <laughs> dude. And my dick, holy shit! <laughs> Like six PVC pipes all melted into one. <laughs> Damn. Damn, Pharaoh. I will be present on the last day of the world with the same body and the same features which I had during my lifetime. Uh, a little shrink wrapped, My daughter, but, yeah. Hermontus, will last longer than a statue of bronze. And a six-mile beard when you were alive? Then the last particles of your dust will have been scattered abroad by the winds, and even Isis herself, who was able to find the atoms of Osiris, would scarce be able to recompose your being. All right, dude, stop dunking on me for being flesh. Jeez. See how vigorous I yet remain, and how mighty is my dick, he added, no. shaking my hand in the English fashion with a strength that buried my shaking rings my in the flesh of his dick. He squeezed me so hard that I awoke and found my friend Alfred shaking me by the arm to make me, me get up. the dick. <laughs> There's another one of those morning handies from Alfred. Oh, you everlasting sleeper. Must I have you carried out into the middle of the street and fireworks exploded in your ears? It is afternoon. Don't you recollect your promise to take me with you to see M. Aguado's Spanish pictures? <laughs> oh, wow. That's a much lamer date than the one fucking Hermonthes yeah. took you on. I know. God, I forgot all, all about it, I answered, dressing myself hurriedly. We will go there at once. I have the permit lying there on my desk. I started to find it, but fancy my astonishment when I beheld, instead of the mummy's foot I had purchased the evening before, the little green paste idol left in its place by the princess her mom. Oh my god! Oh my god! I think it's hilarious that the the king, the pharaoh was like, you're too young for my daughter, dude. You're gonna <laughs> f- fucking crumble into dust. Get out of here. <laughs> Everybody laugh at this fucking meat baby over here with this fucking like soft flesh. <laughs> I, will, I will. I mean, obvious. Obviously, I replaced uh, words like hands and uh, and and hand 
with oh really with where Dick earlier I was just, yeah <laughs> just making no sure. actually it was exactly the same i don't know yeah. why you're saying that it's another Honestly, one of those e-reader no problems that we had last time no, paris is paying like kind of a funny little prank on you but making you think that it's at a hand <laughs> instead of dick i'm really still hung up on how this is one million percent the the first episode of an anime where there's like a cute young like pharaoh lady or something and this guy magically stumbles upon the foot and the thing and this is like how episode one ends and then he has to figure out how to get back there to prove to her dad yes yeah yeah and it's and it's got like a really arduous title like i can't believe the pharaoh's daughters it looks eight and she's forty thousand weird Um, and i also would say that he would probably try to get back to um princess fucking egyptian dreamland by like crushing and snorting mummy dust from other (laughs) mummies and just like yes yeah you have to defeat them in battle yeah to get their dust yeah Um, well that was that went places went all over you know except for the weird like uh except for the gross like you know, like sixty thousand year old dragon parts. I think we wrote like a pretty tight anime, actually. Yeah, yeah, it was pretty. I mean, it was it was decently written, and yet regretterosexual. Mm-hmm. And yet, mm-hmm. I don't know. He jerked off the girl <laughs> in our version. I I just really I mean the the weird racism and the weird like I love that she looked little like a little girl yeah like this <laughs> yeah, was she had little so arms many levels little of weird not arms. even touching on the foot thing. Yeah, yeah, the foot thing was almost like forgettable in, like, you know, compared to the rest of this. Oh man, well, that sure was the mummy's foot. Um, I just looked up a picture of the author, and this makes so much sense now. I don't know. It just <laughs> I'm a little disappointed a that this on? wasn't. <laughs> I mean, he's got I... a weird little hat, so kind of. So this was basically, I'm, I'm really disappointed that uh, the guy wasn't written, obviously he was not written, like, satirically. Like, I think he actually thinks all this stuff is cool and I'm good. pretty sure it's supposed oh, to be a satire. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Sure? Well, no, because he gets rewarded at the end. He doesn't get rewarded. He gets a stupid little statue made of paste. All right. He gets, uh... he gets to have a fucking radical adventure in the fucking Egyptian dream world. The, all right. What I'm are you on this. about, dog? <laughs> I'm going to settle this. She came Let's down in a, in a Egyptian paste idol, dog. You're going to look at me and you're going to tell me that I'm wrong? You're going to look at me and you're going to tell me that I'm wrong? <laughs> Grow up. <laughs> Grow up. All right. That's basically an Naruto headband, though. Yeah. <laughs> No, no, no! Click through that. That image is not the important one. What? Well, <laughs> <laughs> okay. No, Thank Ken's, you, Ken. I'm sorry to say this is 100 percent not satirical mm. in the slightest. He thinks all of this. Yeah, yeah this is an anime. Yeah, I definitely Chris, ran to the sky at PAX. <laughs> yes, bruh, bruh. Yeah, this guy was eating an entire sleeve of little Debbie snack cakes at the last Magic the Gathering <laughs> uh, event I went to. <laughs> Yes. As a dear friend of ours once said, do you have to look a certain way to play magic? (laughs) (laughs) Do you have to look a certain way to write your own anime about marrying an underage princess? Oh, boy. I was going to say, my drummer plays Magic the Gathering, but he now has a mullet. Yeah, it's getting really intense. You do have to look a certain way. (laughs) Also, hi, Joe. I know you're listening to this. Don't, don't take offense, Joe. I also play Magic the Gathering. Yeah, I mean we're all we're all. I also here. I also look a certain way. 
<laughs> yeah, we all we all look look away. We all look away. Um, that yeah, I, that was the time. Um, all right, we have footed the mummy. I don't know. It doesn't. I don't know. Wait, wait, uh, Ken. This... Was uh, it says it's over, but was there anything in the footnotes? Wow! Wow! Holy shit! All right. Well, <laughs> podcast over forever. I'm quitting. Bye. Bye, everybody. Oh, man. If you enjoyed the audio engineering, sound design, and music used in this episode, and would like to use it in your own projects, you should email chris.rasmusiewicz at gmail.com. That's C-H-R-I-S dot R-A-M-U-S-I-E-W-I-C-Z at gmail.com. Or visit oselkaaudio.com. That's O-S-E-L-K-A audio dot com. If you would like to suggest episode topics or just say hello, you can email us directly, antiquesfreakspodcast at gmail.com. You can post in our Facebook group, Antiques Freaks Friends, or you can tag us on Tumblr, antiquesfreaks.tumblr.com. If you would like to listen to deleted scenes or listen to our special bonus episode presentation of the Victorian Penny Dreadful Varian the Vampire, you can hit up our Patreon at patreon.com slash antiquesfreaks. Special shout out to our patrons for paying our hosting fees and filling our hearts with love. And thank you in particular for listening. Au revoir!